Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus began to say that to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him, were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is this not Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, Doubtless you will quote me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do hear also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah when the heaven were shut up for three years and six months, and there was severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed except for Naaman the Syrian. When the people heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, they drove him out of the town. And led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built. So that they might hurl Jesus off the cliff. But he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. N.T. Wright describes the chapters 12 through 14 in 1 Corinthians sort of like a symphony that each one has, uh, is like a movement, a part of the whole. And individually, if you don't consider them as part of the whole, they kind of miss something or they lose some meaning that's important. So going back two Sundays ago, Paul tells us that each one of us has been given by God different gifts. He writes there are a variety of gifts but the same spirit. The variety of services, but the same Lord. The varieties of activities, but it is the same God who is activating them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the Spirit. To one the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. In other words, Paul is saying, we all, each one of us, have a different gift. God has blessed us with different gifts. We don't all, we're not all people who, who, have, who you know, have gifts of praying for miracles, or to be able to prophesy, or to be knowledgeable. That's how I can preach. I don't have to be knowledgeable. But the human tendency is is that we want everybody to have the same gift as us. Right? We think, well, if I have this gift, if I think this way, shouldn't the rest of you do that as well? Why aren't you all prophetic? I'm prophetic. Paul talked about this last week. He says, just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. This is both the burden and the blessing of being a Christian is is that in baptism, we are reborn into Christ's body. And each one of us is different. 
For in one spirit, he says, we are all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, but we were all made to drink of the one spirit. Indeed, the body consists not of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, would that make it any less part of the body? So, this is the example. Your hand sits there and says that it thinks that your foot should operate like a hand. And the hand sits there and goes, well, your, the foot doesn't work exactly the way this does, so the foot must not be helpful. Let's just cut that thing off. And Paul says, no, that's not what you do when you're talking about your body. You understand inherently that your, 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 you know, your hand has a different purpose than your foot. You understand that your lungs have a different purpose than your heart. But oftentimes what we do is we look and we think that all of us are all supposed to be a hand or a foot and we all know which part of the body Gerald is. <laughs> Paul asks, are all of us apostles? Are all of us prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is no, is, is that we're not all the same. And that is both a blessing and a curse. Jean Vinet, who lived most of his life living in intentional communities like Larch, which provided housing for people with physical and mental disabilities, uh, shared a story of one person that he was visiting with. He says, a man came to see me while I was director of the large community. He was a man with very many problems who was a sad person. But I suppose that we would call him normal. Now I, He goes, I don't like to use the word normal, but if anyone was normal, it was this man. And while he was sharing his sadness with me, there was a knock on the door. And before I could answer it, Jean-Claude was in my office and laughing. Now, he says some people would call Jean-Claude a mongoloid or Down syndrome, but we just called him Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude was a happy man. He likes to come by my office. He likes to shake my hand, and that is what he did. He shook my hand, and he laughed. Then he shook the hand of Mr. Normal and laughed, and he walked out laughing, and Mr. Normal looked at me and said, Isn't it sad that there are children like that? Jean Vinay says that the great pain in all of this is that this man was totally and completely blind. He had barriers inside of him that was unable to see that Jean-Claude was happy. You couldn't find anyone more relaxed and happy than Jean-Claude. When people start lamenting because there are people with handicaps or differences in the world, the question is whether it is more sad that there are people with handicaps or that there are people who reject them. Which is the greater handicap, he asks. Is it that there are men like Jean-Claude or is it that Mr. Normal has this barrier which renders him totally blind to the beauty of people? One of the um, interesting things is, is that if we look at the, the spectrum of people, that, that, that people who are diagnosed with, with autism, we have discovered have incredible, awesome skills that, 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 that people would, would beg for. Right, But we fit this thing of what a normal person is. We think that you're supposed to be a hand, and when they're not a hand, we sit there and go, well, what use are they? 
Jean Vinay, I mean, Jean-Claude, you know, had this incredible gift of being happy and of spreading joy. And Mr. Normal looks at him and says, well, what use is this person? And there's the most human temptation to think that we are normal and everybody is abnormal. What if we're the abnormal ones? Have you ever thought about that? And so Paul says it's not about the gift that you have, but it's about the love that you bring to your gift. You can be the most amazing cymbal player, he says, but if you don't play that cymbal with love, you are just a noisy instrument. That what we are called to do is to live lives out of love. We're reminded in Holy Scripture that God himself is love. As our presiding bishop likes to say, if it ain't about love, it ain't about God. St. John Chrysostom says it this way, if I have no love, I'm not just useless, but I'm a nuisance. Christian moralism is the idea that what we need to do is just fit people into their tasks. When the reality of the Christian life is, it's about the love that animates the thing that you do. Martin Luther says it this way, the fruit doesn't define the root. So the question is not about how normal you are or how helpful you are, but how loving you are. Paul in these passages are saying that God has given you a gift. Not for your own edification, not to puff up your own sense of ego, but that God has given you a gift to do something for someone else. I think of Janelle Robinson, one of our homebound parishioners, uh, who actually now lives in Dallas and, and joins us only via Facebook Live. And, 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 and every time I see her, she brings me a, a bag full of hats that she has knit for preemie babies to go to the hospital. She can't come to church, but what she can do is she can crochet a hat for somebody else. That's love. That's gift. That's blessing it to someone else. Many of us might have remembered Vicki Spiegel. Vicki could not come to church, but you know what Vicki could do? Vicki could pray. And we would sit there and we'd say, hey, Vicki, we need this to be prayed for. And by God, she would fire up her email to every email that she had, and she would make sure that thing was prayed for. It is about love. It's about the love animating from your life so that you are a blessing to another person. So I'm going to conclude with, with this about community, this community of love that Paul is envisioning. We want everyone in this room to be uniform, but God does not give us uniformity. God gives us unity. As Paul writes in one place, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's not, hey, everybody in this room, we need to think and act and look at things exactly the same. What Paul is saying is, is that our minds need to be on Christ Jesus. And we may fight it out for a while. 
I may sit there and say, Scott has no clue what he's talking about. And Scott may come right back at me. But if we are doing it out of love and we are doing it with the same mind on Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter that we see things differently. What matters is that we love. Kara Slade, who's a chaplain to the Episcopal community at Princeton, says this. She says, unity is not the same as uniformity. It would be easier to go to a church made of people who agree on everything, people who share the same backgrounds, people who vote the same way, people who have the same tastes about worship, people who are always of one mind on how things should be done around here. But if they did, then St. Paul would have a word for us about how to live in unity that is not uniformity, but rather as a body, how we are made up of diverse members that need each other, even in the midst of deep disagreement. We need each other. We need the gifts that each one of us has. I need the perspective that you bring to a conversation that I do not have. We need one another. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.